everyone. I am Carla Jakubovic, hostess of the Swiss Learning Podcast, and thanks for listening. Swiss Learning represents 13 prestigious schools in Switzerland, and they're experts at finding the right fit for each student. On this podcast, we will showcase alumni from each one of these schools to share their success stories and insights with you. Today, we're welcoming John Sutton, an alumnus from Lisant American School in Switzerland. John, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Could you please introduce yourself to our listeners? Sure. Um, so I am um, a proud graduate of the Lausanne American School, class of 1998. Uh, wow, that sounds like a long time ago. Um, and uh, currently, I am a senior director of um, HR at uh, Gartner, which is a research and advisory company. Um, and what that really means is I work with heads of HR around the world to recruit, develop, and retain the best talent. Um, I reflect back on my four wonderful years at Lays on American Schools, some of my, the most impressionable years of my life. I regard the friends uh, that I made there as some of my closest, and uh, I probably talk to them on a daily basis. So I have very fond memories of the school, the experiences, and the way it shaped who I am today. That's awesome. John, what are your first memories of Switzerland? First memories of Switzerland are tall mountains, uh, <laughs> azure blue lakes, and uh, trains that actually ran on time, which was a <laughs> here in the U.S. I'm laughing that you're mentioning the trains running on time because that's that's one of my memories of Switzerland, too. Uh, why did you choose Lausanne American School? Were you involved in the process of choosing the school for yourself? I was. Yeah, it's it's it's. Um, It's a funny story. So my father was in the um, foreign service and he lived in France at the time. And I was just finishing uh, middle school in Texas of all places. And uh, my, my parents were divorced. And I remember um, going over to visit him in France for the summer between my eighth and ninth grade year, which um, as a lot of you know, is, is the summer between your middle and high school experiences. So I, I went over to visit my father. And uh, with the intention of going back to Texas, of course, a few weeks later. Mm -hmm. And uh, he had asked me if I ever wanted to go to boarding school. And I said at first, oh, no, that's not for me. Uh, and I had very perhaps outdated visions of what boarding school was even about. Mm -hmm. Knowing me, my father said, Let, let's just go visit this one school that I have in mind, the Lazon American School. And, and knowing me very well, he knew that it was... Uh, perched on the Swiss Alps and had a very robust ski program, which was very dear to me. I skied most of my life. Uh, long story short, we went to visit one weekend. We went, we drove from France to Lausanne and uh, we had a very uh, amazing experience that weekend. We toured the school. We met a lot of the teachers and the aughts who um, founded the school. And I just remember thinking, wow, this is too good to be true. This is a school that is very um, relatable to me. Um, The, you know, a lot of the staff were Americans, very laid back, but also seemingly very good at what they do. Uh, and uh, it seemed like I would have a lot of fun being a student. So, I mean, my God, I was looking back uh, when I was 14 and having these realizations. So I decided to take the plunge and uh, tell my dad, hey, I'll stay there for my freshman year and let's give this a go. And one year turned into two years, turned into four <laughs> years. And I was a four-year graduate of the Lazy American School. Um, and uh, again, just had an amazing um, 
experience there, but that's kind of how I chose it. My father, you know, get, made, allowed me to have the decision. Um, and my mother, obviously in Texas, uh, supported me. So that's kind of how I chose uh, Laison. It was a good balance between, you know, again, having fun and, and making a lot of great friends. And also uh, the academic experience seemed to be really uh, of high caliber as well. It's interesting that you mentioned that, you know, the first reaction when you hear boarding school is no. And we joke that, you know, you usually cry on your way in, but then you also cry on your way out because you don't want to leave. Totally. Well, I think, you know, at least in the U.S. and, and again, maybe back in the 90s uh, when I was growing up, uh, boarding school was really associated with um, students that were not doing that well. Right. Or maybe troublemakers. Uh, and I, I had a few friends um in that camp. But uh, yeah, I was proved wrong. And I think, uh, you know, the boarding school image has, has come a long way since then, um, especially the Swiss boarding schools. It sure has. John, what were your favorite things to do on or off campus? Do any particular adventures come to mind? So the Laysan American School does a really good job um, at organizing cultural trips. And those were some of my fondest off-campus memories. And what those were, were organized week trips to places like Florence or Paris or Zagreb, just other cities in, in Europe where, you know, you would go as a small group, maybe 10, 12 students mm -hmm. and a couple of teacher chaperones. And um, I remember, um, you know, visiting the town, going to museums, going to local restaurants, and then writing a report about uh, the experiences. Um, there was one trip in particular that really um, was amazing. It was when we went to Florence with our humanities teacher and we uh, showed up to the Uffizi Art Gallery, which is one of the most famous art galleries in the world. And we arrived, again, it was a group of maybe 12 students. And our humanities teacher was approached by a tour guide saying, you know, we're asking if we'd like to employ his services. And um, Mr. Sharp was his name, said, no, thank you. I know this museum quite well. <laughs> and we all kind of looked at him and said, okay. And oh my God, he did. We spent six hours in the museum and he wow. went over every single piece in just the most amazing detail, which really inspired a, I was 16 years uh, old at the time, someone who had no interest in art history to someone who had a newfound appreciation for art. And I wrote a, a really detailed um, uh, report on Florence and, and the Uffizi and some of the other museums uh, with a lot of detail and passion that I still have today on my bookshelf. I'm glad you mentioned this because I feel that besides the schools having such incredible programs, Switzerland's uh, geographical location itself enriches the experience so much with the opportunity to explore neighboring countries and just to have an overall uh, European experience, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. And and I what I also like about Switzerland is the multilingual aspect of the country. There's a lot of different languages, a lot of different cultures, and they all get along. And I think in this age of, at least here in the U.S., disagreement and uh, partisanship, it's an example for what good looks like in the world, where you have all these different um, cantons with all these different values that just get things done, right? So for... Um, for a young adult living in that country, uh, it for at least for me, it was a great way to see that mm -hmm. in practice and has really 
uh, made me be able to relate to different people because I, I saw it every day, the Swiss. They do an amazing job just getting along, even though they come from different backgrounds. Very, very true. Uh, John, what was your favorite discipline back then? French. Okay. <laughs> I knew nothing about it. Mm-hmm. I uh, really struggled at first, but what I did is... Um, I, you know, obviously took classes at, at school, but I also went to the croissanterie and the fromagerie and all the different um, shops in town uh, on the weekends and just, and just spoke it because I, I was, um, I was determined to learn French uh, and I eventually did. It took me a little uh, longer than expected, but um, yeah, that was my favorite uh, discipline. That's, that's nice because it's, it's assimilating the culture itself as well. Um, I like that. All right, here's a good one for you. If you could have had one superpower during your time at Lausanne, what would that have been and why? Mm, interesting question. I think um, I probably would want to be invisible. <laughs> I say that because um, what was agonizing about being at Lausanne American School during the winter was seeing all the snow fall. And again, being an avid skier, looking out the window and trying to focus <laughs> on math or algebra or whatever, physics, and just thinking about all the powder I could uh, enjoy outside. Now, <laughs> we did, and I believe the school still does, and a lot of the other Swiss boarding schools, I, ha- I think, have various uh, outdoor programs. Mm-hmm. Um, we did have ski days, but it was never really enough for me. So I, I think being invisible and, and being able to kind of float out the class. <laughs> that's like, the that's a good stuff. one. You can't, you can't, can't ever get enough ski, right? Especially in those conditions. So <laughs> that's a good choice. So have you been able to go back and visit the school? I have recently, um, about two years ago, uh, and every two to three years, I, I try to go back. Um, I'm fairly active in the school. As I said earlier, it's, it, it was an amazing four years that really shaped who I am. And I owe a tremendous amount of gratitude um, to, the, to the founders and to the administration and just the community. So I try to go back as much as possible. And, you know, I, I want to eventually have my kids one day um, try to have the same opportunities that, that I did because it's such a fantastic and unique experience to be in a, in a boarding school. It so life going back every couple of years, yeah. again, kind of refreshes my appreciation for the school. That's nice. John, switching gears a little bit uh, here and, and, and going more towards your professional experience. You have degrees in economics, French and marketing. How early on did you know what career you wanted to pursue? Hmm. Good question. So, um, I, I think in college I started to shape my interest in business. And, um, in fact, I applied to the business school at my university and I got rejected. And then I took a step back and said, you know, I'm going to take the route of economics because understanding how markets work is probably a good place to start. And maybe I could go to business school later in my life, which I eventually did. So um, it was really during college, but I mean, since then I've changed my mind so many different times. Um, But yeah, it was during college that I kind of made up my mind on the direction. Yeah, I was about to bring up that, you know, in the beginning of your professional life, you were in the finance world, working with banks, capital markets. 
but you've spent the last decade or so in HR and talent management. How did this transition happen? You know, you, you mentioned you, you changed your mind along the way. Uh, um, what encouraged you to move forward with switching gears? And, and I want to bring this up because so many people feel tempted to switch directions at some point in their careers, but they're often too afraid to do it, thinking it's too late in the game or too risky. How, how was that transition for you? Yeah, it's never too late. And I had the courage to make the change. Um, again, going back to my boarding school experience where I just had to deal with complexity and adversity and change all the time. Changing jobs wasn't a big deal to me, you know, for someone who lived in a boarding school and had to do my own laundry um, and, and just get along with people. I, changing wasn't a big deal. It happened with a phone call, actually. I, um, I, I was in the finance world. And um, so the common thread with me has always been business development. So I was doing business development in finance and then an opportunity arose where I was presented an opportunity to do business development in, in HR. And I knew nothing about HR, but I knew that with the right training and uh, support and coaching, I, I could get there. And I was right. Um, but you're right. That initial jump is scary to a lot of people, but you know, again, I go back to my my high school experience and, and the skills that I learned there and the experience, again, navigating through just change, constant change um, and, and different uh, cultures and um, circumstances helped me make that jump a lot easier where maybe um, other peers of mine would have a little harder of a time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What's the toughest decision you've made in your career? Probably that that moment where I, I jumped from a very comfortable world mm-hmm. of finance, and I, I knew finance was my security blanket, to something completely unknown. And frankly, going back to the stereotype that I applied to boarding school, HR, back when I was looking at HR, was seemingly a stodgy world. <laughs> you know, you think of HR, you think of people calling you in for performance reviews or payroll discussions. And um, I don't know. I, I had a very outdated perception of HR, but I, I, I sensed that there was a lot of excitement going on in the industry, a lot of transformation, but it was a risk, right? And uh, I think that was, it was a tough decision. Um, but now I, I haven't looked back. It's been such a wonderful move for me. Um, it's the business of people um, and it's the business um, that will make or break a company. You know, um, you can have the best product in the world, but if you don't have the right people, a hundred percent. It's not going to be successful. Uh, I'm a huge fan of HR myself, and 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 just for the reason, exact reason you just mentioned, uh, you can't have that um, customer experience without having the right the right talent on board. So I think it all starts. It really all starts with selection and selecting that right talent and and bringing them in, and nurturing them <laughs> to make sure that they they stay right and and don't go elsewhere. John, I wanted to ask you, what moment or situation most shaped who you are, who you became as a leader? Um, I think it was, um, you know, again, going back to, and I I hate to harp on this, but my four years at Laison American School, um, being able to um, every year live with different people in the dorm, from different backgrounds and having to figure it out. And if I think about leadership, I think about, um, and, and you know, the work that I've done with leading companies around the world, they 
spend so much time and money trying to teach leaders to be effective coaches, uh, you know, drive inclusive leadership, drive uh, innovation and change, all these buzzwords that we hear. But it really comes back down to the basics of how do you relate to people and um, knowing what motivates them, inspire them to do things that you want them to do. And at the end of the day, that's effective leadership. And it's really about being an effective coach. And again, being at a school with Russians and Kazakhs and South Africans and Colombians, you know, navigating through all this, um, um, all these different nuances of, of personalities really started to shape the way that I, I'm a leader in my own business. Um, and, um, yeah, I, I think for me, that was really the, the difference. And that, that, that is how I became who I am just in business, you know? Mm-hmm. What is your personal, personal definition of success? You know, I think it's about <clears throat> having no regrets in life. Um, Balancing your personal and your professional journeys and being present for the moments that matter. Um, you know, for those of us that are lucky enough to have a family, um, it's really important to balance your personal life with your professional life. And I mean, I've certainly, um, you know, had kind of ebbs and errs and, and imbalances throughout my life. But Reflecting back, I think the definition of success for me is being able to achieve that good balance, showing up and being present for any event that happens either in the workplace or at home. Um, and at the end of the day, um, having no regrets, you know, leaving everything on the field, as they say in sports and um, living a life, uh, you know, that that is um that that is worth examining, you know. Um, I, I I forget the philosopher who said uh, something like this: an unexamined life is not worth living. Um, and I I really take that to heart. I think it's really important to constantly pull up and see where you are in both your professional and your personal life, um, and making adjustments, knowing that none of us know how to do this correctly. It's like being a parent. There's no instruction manual making a decision to go to a Swiss boarding school, there's no instruction manual. You just need to know enough about yourself to take the jump. Um, but that's what I would say um, from a success perspective. I, I like that. It, it, it sounds like a good, um, good advice to, you know, check, check yourself along the way and make sure you're heading down the desired path. Uh, John, I wanted to do a rapid fire, one word answers uh, with you, whatever comes to mind first. One word to describe your experience at the school. Unique. One characteristic you look for when selecting a future employee? Relatability. One word of advice to students who want to pursue a career in HR? Dynamic. One word to describe Switzerland? Beautiful. John, thank you so much. I really enjoyed the conversation with you. If any of our students want to continue this conversation, can they find you on LinkedIn? Absolutely, I'd love to connect. Wonderful. I truly, truly appreciate it. If anyone else has any questions about anything else they heard on the podcast today, please feel free to email me at carla at swisslearning.com. Thank you. And until next time.